Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for busting balls. Hey, we look at drafts, we look at prospects, we look at the future. And Tonight we're going to look at the Red Wings as they start the 2022-2023 season. Focusing in on their younger players. Red Wings obviously made a lot of moves and picked up a lot of veteran talent. But I think the uh, big news that came out this week uh, was uh, the fact that uh, Joe Valeno is going to be in the lineup. He's going to be center in the fourth line. Uh, Philippe Zadina, who was the sixth overall pick a few years ago, and a lot of folks, myself included, uh, genuflected quite a bit about uh, Philippe Zadina when he was available at the sixth overall pick, is going to be out. And uh, Elmer Soderbaum has made the team, uh, the big six-foot-eight kid from Sweden, who was the 159th pick overall in the draft a couple years ago, uh, but played very well in the Swedish Hockey League. And uh, he's going to be in the lineup on a line with Michael Rasmussen and uh, Sundquist. Uh, we're talking about uh, a six-six guy with a six-eight guy and a six-foot-three guy. So when they play Montreal, it's going to be a game that's uh, going to be very, very interesting to see how that line is going to do. And uh, they sent Jonathan Bergen to Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids opens up its season tonight. And Grand Rapids is going to be a far more interesting team to follow this year uh, than they were last year. Uh, So there's a lot there in the pipeline for the Red Wings, Evan. Uh, Talking to Evan Jenkins, our webmaster who joins me on this podcast. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's a situation. Red Wings pipeline is doing well. I mean, I, I know you uh, follow me on Twitter. It's back at 98 on Twitter. The you king got that right. KC for you. Uh, I don't know if you saw the uh, little gif I put up there of uh, the first pick in the draft for the Red Wings last year. Uh, Marco Casper scoring the game-winning goal. I did. Uh, on, a, on a block shot and then a feed down the ice. Uh, from Willem Wallander, who was a second-round pick a couple years ago, playing for Rugla in the uh, Swedish Hockey League, which is where Moritz Seider played. It's one of the top teams there. So a lot of really good things happening in the Red Wings pipeline. Uh, they should be better this year because they have David Perron, they got Ole Mata, uh, they got Sherratt, a uh, defenseman to play with Seider on the first uh, unit. Uh, obviously, Raymond and... and uh, uh, Cider are back with a year under their belt. And uh, they got Tyler Bertuzzi, Dylan Larkin, and uh, Raymond as a top line. And and also their second line will be really good. It should be now that they've signed Andrew Kopp and all these veteran players that they've brought in. David Perron, who's been a really good player for St. Louis, and Verano's back. 
But I think the really good part is uh, what's happening with some of the younger players starting to make uh, a trek to the NHL. Pat, I'm going to ask a kind of a silly question because I obviously I'm a, I'm from the outside looking in when it comes to hockey. But so we talk about Soderblom and how how tall he is. What? Why don't we see more players like him that are that big in the NHL? Because I I believe I mean, like you got Chara who's now retired. He you know he was the big one on skates. But why why is that, Pat? Because well, so Tyler Meyer usually they're defensemen. Okay. Uh, as well, I'll say because of mobility. Okay. Uh, when you think about it, how many really tall golfers do you see? You know what? It's surprising. I was surprised the first time I went. You don't see too many. And when you do, it's like 6'3". So it's not right. like overly huge. Right. And, and there are certain sports where height is not necessarily an advantage. And if you get, it's not the, ideally the 6'4", six, 6'5", six, guys. And Simon Edmondson's tall like that at 6'6". Six, six. We've got another defenseman, Ante Tumizzo, who was on that Denver team last year. Uh, that won the national championship. Uh, he has gone back to Finland to play in the pro league, and he's playing pretty well there. He's another big defenseman, like six foot five. But when you start getting up to six foot eight, uh, I think there's a mobility issue that comes into play. Okay. Yeah, and uh, you, you may see it perhaps with uh, Soderblom, you know, here. Now, the thing that has uh, impressed everybody, impressed everybody last year, uh, was his hands, his uh, coordination. You saw the goal that has been shown over and over again in the preseason, you know, where he did the backhand after a couple fancy moves uh, to score. And so it looks like he has no trouble keeping pace, all those things. But, you know, here's fair warning. I mean, this is the regular season now. This is when the four check is very fierce. It's where anytime there's some kind of crack in the armor, the other team knows about it and they'll put a lot of pressure on him. We'll have to see whether he's able to keep up pace in real time now. Um, I know I know. in past episodes when talking about the Red Wings, we've talked or about lack thereof. Is it centermen? Um, yes. H- how, how are they looking this year in regards to that? Well, uh, Rasmussen stayed at center. He's going to center the third line or that big line, and Valeno is going to center the fourth line. So they have their two center prospects, uh, both who have had, there's been some talk about them being wingers. At times they played wing, uh, being the centers on those lines. And they added uh, depth up the middle uh, by getting Andrew Kopp, who played at the University of Michigan from Ann Arbor, and he's a real good two-way player. The other surprise in this is that Pew Suter, who was their second-line center last year, uh, was kept out of the lineup for the first two games for two of their younger centers. Uh, Cross Hannis, who we talked about quite a bit last year on this podcast when we did it about the Red Wings, who had a real good year in the Western Hockey League for Portland. Uh, he's on Grand Rapids' team. They signed him to a pro contract, but it's my understanding they're using him as a winger. So they still need a centers, but two of the centers that were drafted, uh, both in the first round uh, by the Ken Holland regime, are getting an opportunity here. Uh, to prove that they belong in the NHL full-time by centering the Red Wings' third and fourth line, at least opening night against Montreal. 
Where should the Red Wing fans' expectations be this year with the young talent that's out there? And when I mention expectations, I mean, like, just about, like, winning and competing for a playoff spot. Like, after the offseason and and bringing in these younger guys and and putting them out there on the opening night roster, do you expect them to compete for a playoff spot? Yeah, I do expect them to. Look, they're better. There's no question. I mean, Perron is a veteran guy. But and he's still got the uh, tread out left on the tires. Uh, Huso, the goalie, the guy, Billy Huso, uh, played very well for St. Louis last year. Uh, so we'll have to see. He wasn't so good in the preseason. But Novalkovich should be a year older. This is he had a lot of experience last year, faced a lot of shots there, Evan. <laughs> and uh, so he, you know, so their goaltending should be a little better. Cider's a year older, stronger, better all those things. So there just should be a better team. The problem is everybody in their division is good or conference is good. Right. Uh, Ottawa is a much improved team. Uh, they have Josh Norris who went to uh, the university of Michigan from Oxford. Uh, it's very much like Dylan Larkin, maybe even better uh, truthfully. Uh, so they have him, they got him in a trade uh, with uh, uh, San Jose when uh, the Carlson trade. Uh, which was at the time, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, Josh Norris, 19th overall pick thrown in there. Oh, he's a really good player. So they've gotten better, and they got the Brinkett now, and, and, and Buffalo's getting better uh, because they've drafted low, and uh, they're getting better. So everybody's kind of getting better, and at the same time, nobody seems to be getting worse. I was thinking, ah, you know, Boston may take a step down, and then I'm watching the first game of the year. They're playing Washington. Bergeron scores, Pasternak scores, and they beat the Caps. The Caps got Darcy Kemper to play goal form, who uh, won it with uh, Colorado last year. So they went out and they did that, and they still got you know a lot of talent, even though people think it may be fading at times. Uh, you look at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh added to their roster. They still have a good, really good team. And on top of it, teams like Carolina, Toronto, uh, the Rangers, uh, who look really, really good, uh, you just go down the list. Columbus has got Johnny Hockey now, Johnny mm-hmm. Goudreau. So I see the Red Wings as better, but I see all these other teams in their conference. And Tampa's still there. Florida's still there. Where are the Red Wings going to fit in to get into that spot? So uh, I'm not expecting to make the playoffs this year, but I'm expecting to get 10, 15 more points uh, than they got last year and uh, kind of be knocking on the door, maybe having a more legitimate shot. Last year in the middle of the year, they were about 500, but had a lot of games at hand to Boston and Pittsburgh. And eventually they just collapsed at the end defensively. But uh, this year I expect them to sustain it, but I'm not expecting them to make the playoffs. If they do, that would really be a pleasant surprise. Um, Since we're on the topic of improvement now, I mean, Lucas Raymond played really well last year and, and Mo Sider was the rookie of the year. But what improvements do you want to see out of those two players this year from one year one to year two? Well, I think with Sider, uh, he was so good last year uh, that uh, it just stayed the course. Okay. I can tell you this. Nobody's going to be finishing checks on him. I mean, every <laughs> time somebody finishes a check on him, they get face planted into the ice. Uh, he's a terrific player. But it's staying healthy, maintaining it throughout the whole year, and – now that he's got a, a better partner for him in Sherratt, who has to stay healthy. I mean, he's an older player. One of the things when you get an older player like that, but sometimes they have trouble staying healthy. So, but it, it looks like a good combination for him. And I think a key player for them 
He's still relatively young. The player I thought Iserman might trade uh, is Philippe Peronic. Uh, last year, he took a step back. And so that second pairing is going to be important. And uh, Raymond, it's just a matter of staying the course. Uh, he's pretty solid for a smaller player, and he can take the hits and everything. He showed that last year. But uh, as he gets a little bit stronger and a little bit better, yeah, it's going to do well. And they'll be able to maintain, I think, that top line together. Last year, uh, there was a necessity to drop uh, Bertuzzi down to the second line sometimes because it was so unproductive. But I think you'll see the uh, Larkin, Bertuzzi, and Raymond line to be able to stay together the whole time. And uh, it's important. And it's also important, you know, when it comes down to production for those two. I talk about Cider and Raymond. Uh, to get a lot more power play time, you know, not to be in the box, but to uh, actually uh, be on the power play. And, and if that all happens, their production will go up. I'm expecting both of them, you know, to add about 10 points to what they did last year. Okay. Um, early in the episode, you mentioned Zadina and how he's, uh, I guess, I, I don't know if you term it a healthy scratch going into this game. Um, I, I'm going to ask a silly, uh, yeah, I'm going to ask a silly question that, you know, the hockey Nista is probably going to roll their eyes at, but why wouldn't you put that kid on Grand Rapids and let him play right now instead of sitting the bench? Uh, he's in the last year of his deal. They signed him to a pro deal. Uh, I'm not sure it's a two-way deal. Okay. So that's something that right. can't happen. Yeah. And, uh, the, it's, it's do or it, it, look, the, the, the players that were drafted by Ken Holland, and he's the most notable because he was taken so early and got that. But it's Rasmussen, Valeno, uh, Gustav Lindstrom, who's going to be playing on the last defense pairing. That particular group of players, this is their year to show whether they can do it or not. Eiserman did sign Zadina. I was a little bit surprised at that. And uh, what the problem is, is that he just hasn't been that explosive score. I know. Uh, you're reading things, Evan, uh, about like off the puck play, and he doesn't do that as well. And he's an offensive talent and who hasn't adjusted to everything that he needs to do that way. But the reality of it is, if you're an offensive talent and you actually put the puck in the net, those other things often get overlooked. Okay. He just simply hasn't been that force. Uh, he struggles to get the space that he needs. To score goals, which is why he was drafted sixth overall. He wasn't drafted sixth overall to be a four checker. He wasn't drafted sixth overall to play on the uh, uh, penalty killing unit. He, he was drafted sixth overall to be a sniper. And quite frankly, other than the, the a rash of goals that he had a couple years ago from the uh, right circle, which is his money spot, he hasn't really done that. Um. Now, I know this is about the future and prospects and everything like that, so I guess this kind of ties in, but their new coach and Derek Lalone, um, wh what do you expect to see out of him that would be different than Jeff Blaschel in years past? Well, the, if, even if Jeff Blaschel remained the coach, uh, the edict would be defense, 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 puck responsibility. And I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Expect lower scoring games. Don't oh, you mean there aren't going to be a bunch of 10, <laughs> 10 goal games no, against the Red no, Wings no. this year? Gonna, you know, <laughs> what they're going to try to do is uh, increase their puck possession. Uh, puck possession has been the biggest problem that they've had. For all the different things that have gone wrong for them in zone coverage and sometimes inconsistent goaltending, 
Uh, the biggest problem is the other team possesses the puck 40, uh, 53%, 54% of the time. Red Wings are at about 47%. It's better with their top line when they had them out there last year. Those guys there, of course, you'd be up above 50 uh, and above 50. But uh, for the most part, they've got to get puck possession through all four of their lines. And in order to do that, they're going to be a lot more conservative with the puck. They're going to take less chances. You're going to see you know, them try to possess the puck more, uh, kind of wind down the game a little bit and uh, try to turn a good defense into some of their offense, especially with uh, their third and fourth lines. And oh. they, they need goaltending. Okay, you know, well, Novakovic that's... and Huso, you know, have to step up on a consistent basis. Novakovic last year was either great or awful. Mm -hmm. There didn't seem to be any in-between there. So, and Grice was the same way, who uh, played a goal last year for them, moved on from him. He had a couple fantastic games with the Red Wings, put together a couple streaks, but man, when he was bad, he was really bad. So they need the combination of all those different things and to think a lot more, uh, I guess, smarter hockey, play smarter hockey, uh, better hockey, and, uh, you know, not just get so uh, loosey-goosey like they got uh, the second part of last year. And then it, it just seemed like everything collapsed on it. I you, mean, they're, they're, having, they're, there's so much explosiveness. You know, scoring's up in the league now, uh, in, especially in their conference. You know, when they play a team like Toronto, and we saw it last year, how quickly they can get embarrassed. Right. You know, I, don't, I can't explain that Arizona game where they gave up nine goals, but Pittsburgh got 11 on them. You know, <laughs> it can turn, the worm can turn very quickly, and then that, it becomes habit. So, and they're going to need, uh, you know, their players to, uh, you know, just be better on in every way when it comes down to everything from the four check, getting the puck out of their own end. And maybe, you know, like the Ole Matas and Hags and some of those defensemen will help them better in that regard than last year when they had a lot of defensemen that were, quite frankly, overwhelmed, especially after a couple of injuries. That's why I mentioned that Philippe Aronic is very important for them. People forget about him, but he's an immensely talented player who didn't have a good year last year when he had was expected to step up, and they need him to play good hockey. Um, and you mentioned goaltenders, and this is one young guy that I know, and he might be further away than than what I, I think, but Sebastian Kosa, how far away is he from being with the big team? Well, he was surprisingly good in the preseason, Evan, and they put him at Grand Rapids. And uh, I don't, I don't know who's going to play goal for them tonight. I haven't checked on that, but uh, they got Bradstrom, and I'm expecting him probably to play. And they'll bring in Kosa relatively. Uh, they'll break him in easy. They got four goalies there right now, so I, I I'm expect he played well. He, he, I thought he took a step back last year. Okay, but part of it was uh, because he was he played it for Edmonton in the Western League, right? And the division that he was in the year before uh, was weak. You know, it, they, they didn't have a good teams. Last year, they had good teams. And uh, he got exposed a little bit, especially by Winnipeg that had a couple players that were taken early in the draft. And, uh, but they still ended up winning the series. And when they got into the, the major junior levels in the international stage, he was the backup guy. So uh, he was, you know, taking where he was taken, 15th overall in the draft, as athletic as he is, you expect that. And there were some side-to-side -side move. I'm not a goaltending expert, but there were some side-to-side -side movement things that were obvious. 
and where his positioning was in the goal, whether he was too far back or too far up. He kind of struggles with that. Um, but that wasn't as apparent in the preseason games that I saw. And they did put him at Grand Rapids. We'll have to see. He may not be as far away as it appeared going into uh, training camp. But again, the HL is a tough league. Uh, they're a good team. They've got pretty good players on that team, and they got a pretty good defense core. You know, Edmondson's on there. Sabrango, who was taken early in the draft a couple years ago, uh, is a good player, and has gotten his third. This is his third year there. Uh, they've got Berggren. Uh, they've got uh, Vero, who was an early draft pick. Uh, has come over from Finland now. Is playing his first year here. Uh, so there's a lot of talent on that team compared to last year. Uh, so uh, I'm expecting Graham Rapids to be a lot better. And uh, I think one of the more interesting stories there is going to be Kosa and how much he plays. But uh, to answer your question, I know that was a little bit long-winded. We'll see. This is going to be a good test for him uh, when he gets in there. Grand Rapids, is for me, and what I do, is going to be as much fun to watch as the Red Wings. <laughs> I know you love uh, it. I know, yeah, I know I mean, you love it. Yeah, last year was kind of boring. Uh, because they were, you know, they had Berger in there and, you know, Sobrango was playing and a couple other prospects. They got a lot of prospects there now. And that's, that's the good part from like, what we're talking about. Sure. And like I said, you know, those kids uh, doing so well at Rugla, uh, you know, to start the year, uh, Casper could be somebody that plays for him as soon as next year. I mean, he looks good. He looked good in that, uh, game. And, uh, certainly a Wallander is somebody that uh, is a big defenseman who's got a chance. So there's some good stuff going on there. Cool. I, I mean, I'm excited from outside looking in. Like I said, I don't watch every single game, but I see everything that happens and, and, you know, they got the right guy there in the GM. Is there, is there anybody that we didn't cover or anybody that you would uh, like to one mention? Thing I would say is the, the kids at Denver, uh, Tomizo is now playing in Finland. Uh, but Mazur's off to a fast start. Their first two games, he had four points. And Byam's playing there and they're on their top defense pair. And Denver's a favorite to win the national championship again with a couple Red Wing prospects. So that's going to be something to watch. And then we'll keep our eyes on the draft picks that they had this year, like Dylan James and some others, uh, as the season goes on. We'll follow the Red Wings very closely. We'll do a Pistons uh, podcast here. I'm busting balls soon. So, but, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be a really, really interesting year for the Red Wings. Uh, for the hockey geeks, whether they make the playoffs or not, and, you know, they get everybody else back with the flying flags on the hoods of the hoods of the cars or whatever. I don't know, you know, at the, <laughs> at the big level. But uh, they're definitely, Red Wings are definitely making uh, significant progress. So, but, hey, don't forget uh, to download us on odyssey.com. Bustin' Balls podcast. Don't forget uh, to go to the iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and subscribe and download. And uh, you can check us out on Twitter, uh, Pat Caputo98 on Twitter, the King of the KC on Twitter. Uh, we post it on the Twitter accounts and the 97 won the ticket uh, Twitter accounts and, of course, our Facebook accounts and all that. And uh, we appreciate you listening. Evan, as always, we'll talk to you next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.